Hello. Okay. So this is like me going back and recording a intro to something that I did earlier. And it's really because I'm overthinking it and and think in my overthinking I'm like, should I release this episode? I don't know. Is it too much? Maybe I'm not ready for it. But I think because I feel that way, I should just put it out. So I'm putting it out. Yeah. Okay. But I just wanted to prep. I wanted to start with this because I ended with this and if you don't listen to the whole episode, then you'll miss this and it might be pertinent information for you. So I have created a Google form, think that's what it's called, for people to send me a request to be on the Joy of Social Work podcast. So if you're interested in being on a podcast, um, because I see, meet people a lot or people will say like, I want to be on or I'll say I want you to be on and I don't do a great job of following up all the time. So this is a way for me to have a record of like who's made a request, what they're interested in talking about, who they are if I don't know you and like kind of like what you want to do on it. So that will be in the description of this episode. It will also be on my Instagram and my profile. If you follow me on Instagram, um, my Instagram, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the other thing is one thing that I did not mention in this episode, which might not necessarily be information that is necessary, but information that I think is maybe a detail that I left out that I shouldn't have left out is that in 20, in 2019, in, I guess, March, I think it had to be like, was it March? Something like that. It was snow on the ground. February, March, maybe March of 2019. um, No, of 2009, I moved into my own apartment. And I probably shouldn't have moved out as fast as I did, but I was trying to be grown. And my parents, well, more so my dad than my mom, but my dad is on my my dad was not okay with me having um, my boyfriend in my room. And if he was in my room, my dad wanted the door to be open because he didn't want no other things to go on. So that and on top of my dad cleaning doorknobs at 6 a.m. were why I moved out. When I did, when I probably should have stayed home a little longer. So that might be like, why <laughs> that made, made no sense right now. But it might once you listen to everything else and kind of get an understanding for like how um, that decision on top of all of the other things that have happened. And like, I think my depression and how sometimes depression uh hinders you from doing things that you know that you need to do. And I think the more that you um, don't do it, the harder it is to do it. Like, I guess, and that's like anxiety too, you know, like, like if you are scared to go out in public or not, not necessarily just scared, but like if you have social anxiety or like, like a real fear of being in public and the more you don't go out in public, the more you don't know what public feels like, the harder it is to go in public. So the more you like, like if you don't pay a parking ticket and it's low, so you get a parking ticket, it's $50. You don't pay it, it's $75. You don't pay it, it's 100 So it just gets higher and higher and feels worse and worse. So, yeah, I think that depression did that to me. Okay? Um, another thing 
is somebody might be listening or might listen to this and say like, well, you seem like you do a lot of things. Maybe you shouldn't do them. Yes, probably shouldn't. Everything I do, I probably should not do. The other part of it is it helps the other part of my like depression and anxiety of like being social makes me feel good a lot of the times. And when I am not being social, Sometimes I just don't want to be social, which is fine. But sometimes me not being social makes me feel lonely, which triggers like feelings of like, I don't have anyone. I'm by myself. Everyone has someone but me. I'm the only person without someone else in this world. So like, keep those things in mind. Okay. Bye. Enjoy. (laughs) Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Joy Social Work Podcast. Why did I freeze? I'm Joy, and this is our last episode of 2019. If you are currently listening to this and it's Sunday, I am on the train going to North Carolina, probably regretting being on the train going to North Carolina, wondering why I didn't just buy a plane ticket. Well, I didn't buy a plane ticket because they were $500. That is why. Um, But I'm on this train because it's not $500. But it's going to take me 13 and a half hours, something like that. So, yeah. Um, As you listen, you know, hit me up. Talk to me because I'm going to be here for a while, just kind of like doing nothing. So, yeah. But if you're listening, like, but like I'm actually not on a train right now, obviously. I am in my office and this is my first time recording in here and I feel like People can hear me. I also don't know if people are here, but in my mind, they can hear me. And I'm like self-conscious. And so this is now the third time that I've started recording because or maybe or the fourth or the fifth. But it's not the first um, because I think that they can hear me. And I'm like, are they judging me? But like, judge your mother, whatever. Anyway, I'm also recording a video that I'm just going to record like probably 10 more seconds and I'm stop it uh, because I want to know what I look like recording. <laughs> I don't know. Or like maybe I want you guys to know what I look like recording. I don't know if I'll do anything with this footage, but maybe I'll post it like today. Who knows? We'll see. So this is the last episode of 2019. Um, We are wrapping up year two of the Joy of Social Work podcast, which is wild to me. Um, Thank you so much for your support. Over the last two years, I did not think this podcast would be what it is or where it is. I literally thought we would do like six months or like a year. But I didn't think I would be as excited to go into another year of this as I am. Um, One, because I think that when I... When it started, I didn't really know what podcasting was going to be like or what it was going to be about. I remember being very um, intentional when I was having my conversations with Christine about it that I did not want it to come out every week because I did not want to feel overwhelmed and stressed out by having to produce material each week, Um, especially because in year one, it was like, like, my boyfriend just died. I... You're telling me I shouldn't make these videos on Instagram because people on my feed might not want to see me crying every day. Um, So, like, now you're telling me to, like, redirect it in a different way, and I don't know how that looks and what that feels like. So, I don't know. I don't want to do this every week. I don't want to talk about this every week. But, like, now, 
I really get excited about recording. I really get excited about hearing feedback from each episode. Um, the good, bad, and the in between. I like. I just. I like really appreciate you all, and thank you so much for writing. Um, if you're interested in like data and stats, which is not really my thing, but I also know like is something that's important, especially like when you're trying to grow a brand or when you're trying to market stuff, you know. Um, 2019 did more than twice as well as 2018. So like I had more than twice as many listeners in 2019 than I did in 2018, which I think is great. And like, again, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm so grateful. Um, I, I swear I'm going to come up with a better way to say thank you because I think that like, thank you doesn't even feel like enough because folks literally like tune in to listen to me talk shit. <laughs> like what? Thank you. That is wild. I mean, and if you, if you haven't listened to the first episode, the why me episode, or if you haven't been listening from the beginning, you might kind of be newer to this and don't necessarily know like the backstory, but for those of you who don't, or for those of you who need a reminder, or like those of you who do know, and you just are going to continue to listen this, ep- this episode, this podcast, like literally, I just said it, like literally just start, like started because my boyfriend died. I'd be on Instagram crying like every other day I was in the fucking emergency room having panic attacks, thinking I was having a heart attack or I had a blood clot. Like I just knew I was going to die. Like it was bad. Oh, sorry. It was, it was, it was really a, a rough time for me. And my friend Christine was like, what about podcasts? And I'm like, I don't know what that is really. And, you know, she gave me some equipment which is not the equipment that I use now, but like we had some like initial equipment that we were working with. And I recorded that Why Me episode twice on that equipment. And it wasn't like great sound quality. She was like, you know, this isn't it. Like you got to do it again. We had recorded some, like we went to Florida on vacation and like recorded this like round table discussion for hours and hours and hours (laughs) about like a problem my friend's husband's friend was having and then like that she was like no we're not ever putting that out and then I think we recorded something else and she was like nope that's never going out either and then because of the quality really and then she got me this mic that I use um and was like try it again and that recorded that episode again and it didn't save or something something happened and it and it like didn't work because at the so what used to happen is like I would record I tell her I saved it and then she would like upload it and something happened between that process and it and it didn't save and I was like fuck I gotta have this very difficult conversation a fourth time but I will say that that fourth time that I talked about it was probably the most authentic and real that I had ever been about my experience with loss. And so I'm grateful for her, always. And I'm grateful for you guys for supporting and rocking out and listening and, like, being, like, a family and friends. And, like, folks are like, you're my friend in my head. And I'm like, hey, friend. Like, it's just, I, I just, it's, it's like, a privilege. It's, it's such a privilege to, like, 
to have this platform and I'm very grateful and I'm going to stop saying this because I'm just going to keep on going on and on about being grateful. But thank you from the bottom of my heart. I appreciate you so much. Um, so oh, I feel like I haven't recorded by myself in a long time. I'm like, where do I want to go? Where do I want to go? Because I'm like not, I have so many things that I want to say and I did not want to have like a script because I didn't, because I just wanted to flow. Because, like, I like when it just flows, but I also know that, like, Joy, you got to, like, say something because you're rambling. Okay, so I'm going to stop rambling. So that being said, and, like, piggybacking off why this podcast is even a thing, this week has been challenging because I felt like my podcast was being challenged. So I am very aware that people who don't listen to my podcast, don't know what my podcast is about. Probably, I mean, you could think whatever you want about it. I mean, like, I don't even know what people think about it. Um, my advice is that the best way to know what's on it is to listen to it, and you will find out that it's probably not what you think it is. The other part of it is this podcast started as a place for me to heal. It was a very selfish reason why I want, why, why, not even why I wanted a podcast, why it was suggested that I start one and why so many of my episodes are so personal is because this is for me. And I always said, my goal was always like, if one person listens to it and gets a, a thing out of it, then I feel successful. And I know that more than one person has, so I do feel success and I'm grateful for that. Um, but this week I felt like I was tried and it made me for longer than it should have. It made me feel like, damn, people don't know my vision and people don't see what, I, what I'm trying to do here. And it hurt me and it bothered me. But then it was, you know, then I, you know, because I, this is what I do. I complain a lot when I'm mad at people. I don't always just go address them. I am working on it. It was like. I have a lot of difficult, my, my goal of 2019, 2018 was to have a lot of difficult conversations and they ended up being like more so work related. And I was like, oh, I don't want to do that in 2019 because it was draining. But it's like things happen and you need to talk to people and it's not always my favorite thing to do. So I'm still working on it, but I had to have a conversation about like what you think this might be is probably not. Is is not that, so it was one of like so I'm talking to my friends about it and a lot of them are like you know it's like when you're like doing a thing that's good and it's like the enemy is against you and like people don't want you to like you're like you're doing the right thing if like not that you have haters because like I don't think anybody's thinking about me in that way but like it's like growing pains and so there's this song that I really like by James Fortune called live through it. And so I was like listening to it on repeat on Friday over and over and over in the morning um, on my way to work. And then while I was at work and it's just like, you know, things are going to happen and like people are going to hurt you and life is going to suck. And you're, it's un unrealistic to think that everything is going to be like positive vibes only, or we're only doing good over here. or We're only happy all the time. Like that's not realistic. Like shit is going to happen. And y'all know I, I'm an advocate of, like, feeling the feels. If you are not 
feeling shit and you're ha- unhappy or you're sad or you're mad or you're frustrated or whatever the case may be, feel all of that shit because it, it's real. Um, but, but like in the song, it talks about, you just have to live through it. Like you can't get around, you can't get around negative, negative, negativity. <laughs> you just kind of have to like go through it and how you deal with it is, is, is the work. So I, you know, I wanted to, I, I, I think I have this misconception about myself that I only am either really nice or I'm a bitch. And that's probably not a hundred percent true, but I think that I I don't give myself enough credit in knowing how to have certain conversations. So I think that if I'm coming at you, either I'm like, oh, it's okay, and I'm like smiling and you think it's all good, or I'm like cursing. And I don't think that that's really an accurate depiction of myself, but I think I don't give myself enough credit in in my abilities when it comes to difficult conversations. So I had a difficult conversation. I was proud of myself for having a difficult conversation. And it felt like a huge win for me um, personally. And I think it also feels like a win for me professionally because I think I now feel empowered in being able to talk to folks when they're doing something that's not okay. So whatever. I say all that to say (laughs) I was going to record this episode Tuesday and it would have been a very different episode because I would have had a major attitude and I'd have had like a lot of like neck rolling and like a lot of that sound. Uh, So I'm glad that I didn't and I'm in a different space so that I can give you guys, I think, a better episode and a better representation of me as a person versus like me being in my feelings for something that somebody probably doesn't even know that they did to me. So that is that. And that's all I'm saying about that. So a lot has happened in 2019. A lot of great things have happened in 2019. Um, We started this year off celebrating the first year anniversary of the Joy of Social Work podcast, which was my first event yeah, it was my first event. Um, I had a, a great crowd, great energy. It was like all that I wanted it to be and more. And it like set the tone for 20, 2017. What am I talking about? 2019 for me. Then I, I don't remember which came first. Oh, man. In March, I know that. Was that in March or April? Carrie and I had like a goal check-in and we had like a great turnout for that. And again, great energy and support. Like the last few years, I've met a lot of dope ass women and particularly dope women of color who are like-minded and just like want the best for themselves and their communities and their families and their friends. And it's just amazing to be around and in this space with these women who have this like, this like powerful dynamic. So like, I just like love all of that shit. So that happened. I went to the social work, uh, the millennial social work conference, met some amazing people there, um, made some connections. Uh, why am I touching things? Uh, what else happened this year? I spoke on 
two panels for the first time. I apply, I sent in a, a application. That's not what it is. A proposal to speak at the to present at the Millennial Social Work Conference for 2020, and I got that. Like so many great things have happened. I restarted therapy. Um, I'm sure I'm leaving something out because, like, my friend Tiana tells me that I don't big up myself. So, like, when it's, like, trying to, like, think of, like, the things that I've done, I, like, struggle because I'm like, I don't know. I did some cool things. Like, I, like, feel like I just, like, had an impact on this world in 2019. Um, I feel like I had an impact on myself in 2019, if that makes any sense. Like, professionally, this has been probably my best year. I, oh, I... Decided to open our private practice, like, oh, no, 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 you know, like, it's been a good year. But with that, um, has also been some struggles that I think I have had more so behind the scenes. And now I feel like I'm about to cry. <laughs> so 2019 has been... And and I'm really struggling with like, so uh, before I get into that, hold on. So part of what I've been thinking about for twenty twenty and beyond is like rebranding my Instagram specifically because so people have been like, oh, you should get like a podcast page and then you should have a personal page or like you should do this or that or this or that whatever. And I get overwhelmed easily. And the thought of having two Instagrams over, overwhelms me. Or three Instagrams or ten Instagrams. Anything more than one feels like a lot of work. Um, social media-wise. And I understand like the, the benefits of having two and one just being about me and my life. And the other one is just about my podcast. But I also feel like my podcast is my life. There's not a lot on this podcast that I don't share. I mean, obviously, there is stuff that I don't talk about. Um, oh, I was about to say, oh, a petty-ass comment. Oh, Joy, stop. We're not going there. But there's a lot about this on this podcast that I don't share. One, because it's not everyone's business. I mean, like, not that any of this stuff is anyone's business. But, like, you know, it's like it's not – I don't have to share everything. Every detail of my life does not need to be on, on like, a, a public platform where anybody can access it. So that's one. Um, two, like, safety reasons. I don't share everything. Um, and then, like, some of it is, like, some of the things that happen in life, I don't want to talk about. Like, I talk about it with my friends. Sometimes I don't talk about it with my friends. This particular thing that I'm going to talk about, I, not everybody knows. Uh, most people don't know. Um, it's embarrassing. And I'm only talking about it now because... One, I think it could probably help somebody. Two, I think it holds me accountable. And three, it's such a it's such a burden that it's almost just a way for me to free myself from the guilt and the stress of it all. That I feel like I just need to talk about it. So that that's the only reason why I'm having this conversation. But it is very uncomfortable and embarrassing to have. So keep that in mind as you listen. So in thinking about rebranding and what that will look like, my Instagram is currently Lioness Goes Roar. So 
that like if you just see Lioness Goes Roar, you probably go, she's a Leo, but maybe not much more about me as a person is given in that that name. Um, Lioness Goes Roar became my Twitter name or became my first, yeah, Twitter. It came my name on Twitter in 2010. Uh, Maya, my friend Maya, she's always like ahead of the times. <laughs> she had Twitter and she was like, you would really like Twitter. I'm like, what is Twitter even about? What am I going to tweet about? I don't want to do that. That feels like a lot of work. At the time, I had just had Facebook. Yeah, I still had Facebook at the time. Um, but I was like, that just it just feels like a lot of things. But my mom was in the hospital. I remember being in a waiting room because uh, other people were upstairs and, you know, could only have a certain amount of people in the hospital. And so it's 2010. My dad died in 20, 2009, uh, so this was maybe maybe not even six months later. Um, and I'm in the waiting room. My mom and I probably had a fight because a lot of times when she got sick, after, when, after my dad died, I like had a lot of feelings about it. So like pause and going back, all the way back. In high school, one of the things that I... Um, I went to Catholic high school and I am not Catholic, but I wanted to try out confession and I went to confession and I said, I'm not nice to my mom because I don't know how to make her better. And so when my mom, when my dad died and my mom started to get sick, she had been sick. She had had scleroderma, but it started to make her like, she started to get more sick. And I think it's just because she was grieving and like, it was taking a physical toll on her. Um, she was hospitalized a lot. And so... I was in grad school. I worked full time. I was in an unhealthy relationship. I was like 25. So I was young and, you know, trying to maintain friendships and social life. And it's hard when your mom's in hospital and she's being hospitalized for days at a time and you're an only child and you don't have um, a lot of friends. I mean, you don't have a lot of family in New York or any family. Well, whatever. And you don't have a lot of family in New York that's willing to help. Uh, who can help, and it just becomes a lot of a burden on you. And so I remember being, anytime she was hospitalized, it was just hard, and I probably wasn't the nicest to her um, during those moments. So I was in the waiting room and, like, probably texting, and I was like, all right, I'm going to download Twitter because I'm sitting here. I don't have anything to do on my phone. I was, like, tired of Facebook. So I downloaded Twitter, couldn't think of a name, was like, what can I name myself? And it was like, I'm a Leo. What about Lioness? And I'm like, what else about it? And I'm like, Goes Roar. So Lioness Goes Roar became a thing in the hospital waiting room. Um, And now, you know, in thinking about the person that I've been over the last nine years, um, and not that I don't connect with that name anymore and not that like, it's not an important part of me. I feel like there are some things that just have to go and it might, you may be like, that's so dramatic. And this is not the point of this episode. So just, just, just stick with me. <laughs> um, but like my first, like think back to your first screen name. Like what was your first AOL name? Mine was Big Mama JB probably will never go by that again. Only my friend Yemi calls me that still. 
Um, but like Big Mama JB was where I was at like however old I was when AIM came out. 12, 13, and that probably shouldn't have been my name then, and somebody should have interventioned me, but whatever, like, it was what it was, because I like Little Kim's Big Mama thing, you know, like, that was why that was part of my name, my initials are JB, you know, and then my computer got stolen, and I changed my aim to Lady JJ, because then I was like, oh, well, now, now I'm a lady, because I'm 19 or 18, you know, like, it was like, whatever, you, like, go through these changes in these phases, and these identities that you had before aren't necessarily these identities that you still have or not fully the identities that you still have. And so when I think about the person that I've been over the last 10 years or nine years or whatever, um, part of the thing, one of the things that I really think about is like my level of... I won't even go into that. What I think about in the point of this episode is my relationship with money. So before my dad died, I was really good with money. I paid all my bills on time. I had really good credit. I um, had a cork board, like a like a board that was cork. It was on my by my door in my room. Every time I got a bill, I wrote on the envelope the day it was the, the date it was due. And I put them in order on the board. So, like, the the more recently due bill was the one in the front. So I would pay it before it was due, whatever. Like, that's just kind of, like, what I did. After my dad died, I, I just didn't do that anymore. Like, I don't think, I don't think that there's a way to teach people how to grieve, I think that we are in a society that wants you to just move on. And, like, I think back to, like, my ex telling me, like, but it's been six months, you're still crying. You know, but, like, it's been ten years and I still cry. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I think we're not taught or we don't know or we're not shown. It's not modeled for us, whatever the case may be, like, what to do next or, like, how to live next or, like, what's the best way to take care of yourself or what's the best way to grieve so that it doesn't become an issue or or as bad of an issue years and years down the line. So my dad dies unexpectedly, right? Because we didn't know my dad was going to die. And I have a dead dad and a sick mom, and she goes into hospice care, and she dies, and... Even before she died, there were things that I did that weren't okay and were red flags. And I did have one friend at the time, Melissa, shout out to you because I know she listens, um, who would check me on certain things. But that was, I think that was my mom died. But like, whatever, she would say stuff. And other people, I think, just wanted me to feel good and didn't always say stuff, and I'm not blaming them because I probably would do the same thing or have done the same thing. Um, but she probably was the first first person to really challenge me on some of the decisions that I made. And then we stopped talking, like, because then that was like another part of it is like then our friendship ended because I think I didn't like the things that she was saying to me because she was calling me out about my stuff. Um, but we we communicate now, so thank you. 
uh, for that. I'm like happy about that. Um, but when my dad, so my dad died, I didn't always pay my bills on time. Now, um, I would like buy things to make myself feel better. I remember, so my dad died in August. I remember it being like the middle of September or maybe it wasn't even the middle of September. It was in September. And somebody asking me what I was doing for Labor Day. So it was the beginning of September. And I was like, wait, what is Labor Day? Like, how did, I had it, like, August is over? And people being like, yeah, like, are you doing anything? Are you going away? And I'm like, no. Like, I didn't even know it was a holiday. And me being like, but I'm going away for Columbus Day and booking a trip to Jamaica for my ex and I. Well, he was my boyfriend at the time. But booking a trip for us to go to Jamaica. Probably not the best thing to do at the time, but I did it. No one said not to do anything, so I did it. I went on a few vacations in that time. Um, I bought a dog. (laughs) I don't even like animals, but I went and bought a dog. And, like, I didn't go to, like, a shelter and get a dog for free. Or maybe dogs are not free at shelters. I don't know how that worked. I, like, bought, a, like, a Pomeranian and spent, like, over $1,000 on a dog. Because my dad was dead. My mother went to, on vacation for two weeks to visit my family. And I felt alone. Even though I was in a relationship, I felt alone because he was in the streets. And I needed, I needed support and comfort. And, like, I'm like, dogs make people feel better. I'm going to get a dog. Like, I had these, like, impulsive, very irrational thoughts about how I should spend my money. Like, why did I even have $1,000 to spend on the fucking dog? I probably charged that shit. Anyway, so I'm just, like, racking up bills and, like, racking up debt and racking up bills and racking up debt and racking up bills and racking up debt, right? So we're talking 10, 9, 10 years ago, but it's it's adding up. It's adding up. Um my mom dies and had a li- had a life insurance policy so that so there was money that was supposed to be like a savings but i was still in this space of like buying things and doing things and helping people makes me feel good so you need your tuition paid i got you or you can't pay your phone bill this month i got you Oh, you need food in your house. I got you. But like not thinking about how this was going to impact me in the future. I was just like, you needed to hear, here, 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 here. Giving out money, taking people out, going on trips, going to dinner, buying bottles, like all kinds of dumb shit. Like in retrospect, it's dumb shit. Like in the moment, made me feel good, made me feel wanted by some people made me feel wanted by my in my relationship because I could do a thing financially that maybe he hadn't had done before and maybe he would stop cheating on me if I took him on a trip that was not true um but like feeling like I needed to spend money to show and express my love to people was a thing that became a habit. And so my mom dies. I had this really big birthday party. I had a bowling party. 
And, like, if you've ever had a bowling party, I think, like, bowling is a relatively inexpensive, fun thing. But if you do, like, a bowling party where there's food and drinks or, like, a drink ticket or some shit like that, that shit is, like, a certain amount of money per person. I don't remember how much it was. But then I remember wanting people to come but not wanting people to pay the whole thing. So I paid part of it. I also did that for my 26th birthday. That was my 27th birthday. I did that for my 26th birthday. I had a dinner, and it was, like, say, like, $50 a head, and I told people to give me, like, $30. So then I spent $20 per person, and I had 26 people there. So, like, I did things like that. And and for my 26th birthday, my mother was alive, and I don't know if she knew that I did that. But maybe she did, and she was, like, okay with it because it was my first birthday after my dad died. And my dad died four days after my birthday, so she knew, like, that was coming up, and maybe she was just like, it'll make Joy feel good. And I think a lot of people just want Joy to feel good, and this is why I think I'm such a advocate for like feeling how you feel because a lot of the feel good decisions that I've made in the past uh, have me in a situation that I'm in now so my mom dies and I say and I knew I was going to quit my job I was working as a health educator at a youth development center and I was in my last year of grad school and I said I just need to go to grad school full time so I'm not gonna work so I didn't have a job I'm living off of savings <laughs> in a relationship where the person worked every day but would say he didn't have money for rent because he was out spending it on other bitches I don't know and so I was then paying $1,200 in rent, I had a car, I had insurance, I had, now I had to pay phone bill. I never paid my cell phone bill. Like, that was the thing my mom paid. Like, now I had to pay my cell phone bill. We had cable. Um, I had gotten furniture, so I had a furniture credit card that I had to pay off. I decided I wanted to get carpet in our house, so I paid for that. I was then paying my tuition out of pocket now because now I had the money to pay tuition and didn't have to take out so many loans. And I was like, oh, my car is old. I'm going to get a new car. And I remember Melissa being like, maybe you shouldn't get a car because you don't have a job. <laughs> or you're not going to have a job in like a few months. And I was like, no, it's going to be fine. It's fine. It's fine. I'm going to have the money. I'm going to be okay. So I get a car. I get a 20. What year was it? I got a two. 2011 raffle, white raffle. I got it in August of 2011. 2011, I got it. And in January, my untold and I like knew I wasn't gonna have a job, so I put like a lot. I put a lot down, and I would like pay a lot each month on the payments so that my payments would be significantly lower each month and so I like put a lot of money into this car I'm also a woman and don't I'm sure like my car costs more than it should have cost because I didn't negotiate anything um the dealer was cute and we like went on a date and so like I'm sure there was some like inflation numbers in there whatever whatever but anyway I like put a lot of money 
towards this car. Like tens of thousands of dollars. <sighs> and then in January, my ex totaled it. <laughs> so if you know anything about cars, when you total it, you get what it's worth. Not necessarily what you've put into it. So they Geico paid off what I owed. And they gave me a check. And now I needed a car because at the time, my field placement was in Westchester. I lived in the Bronx. And it was doing home visits throughout all of Westchester. So, like, I might be, if you're, like, familiar with New York and the Westchester area, I might have, like, our main office was in White Plains. But And I had clients who lived in White Plains, but also had clients who lived in Port Chester, which is close to Connecticut, but also had clients who lived in Mount Vernon, which is close to the Bronx, or Yonkers. And then I would just be all around Westchester all of the days, and I needed a car to do those things. And I guess I didn't need a car, but having a car made it more convenient than to be on a bus or a train from, like, Yonkers to Mount Vernon to Port Chester to White Plains. Like, it like it just was, it, it would have made my life more difficult. And, like, maybe in retrospect, I should have just made my life more difficult, right? So, wait, I feel like I never told y'all what happened to the dog. I don't know why they popped this in my head. Well, the dog I only had, the dog that I spent over $1,000 for, I only had for a month because I don't like animals. And then I gave him to my pastor at the time and his wife, um, and then my pastor passed away, but his wife still has a dog. So Roscoe lives a happy life in California now. Anyway, so I go back to, I text the dealer and I tell him like, oh, my boyfriend told him my car. And he's like, well, I was like, but I just want a used car. And he's like, no, you can't go from a new car to a used car. The fucking okie doke. And so I'm like, okay. So then I get a car. Now I don't have a job. But I'm getting a car, but I don't have a job. And so I get a lease. But I still have a field placement that requires me to drive all around the town. So then I'm getting to a point where I'm going to go over my miles. And I'm like, fuck, I need to, I need, I can't have a lease because like a lease doesn't work for my lifestyle. So I go and I finance the car that I've been leasing. And I feel like that's where I got fucked up because I want to say it started everything from the beginning and I'm sure I had paid for the car, like part of the car already through the lease and then I was like paying again through the finance. But when you don't have a lot of information about like money and like how these things work and... I think when people take advantage of you because they know, like, you know, I, he knew that, like, I was in a not great relationship, so probably took advantage of that. He probably knew that my parents were dead because I would tell people that a lot when I first met them. So I think he might have taken advantage of all of those things, and then I was in a bad place financially on top of the bad place that I was already in financially and so then I had this car (laughs) that I now don't have so for the first time in 13 years I do not have my own car um earlier this month my car got repossessed and that is a hard thing to say out loud um 
because there's so many levels of like embarrassment that come with it. Um, and, and it makes me feel like a loser. I don't want to like, and like not that I should, or maybe I should, I don't know. But like, I don't feel great about myself because of it. I don't feel great about my financial life. Um, and so I look at it from two ways. So one way I think is like the, the role that grief plays in, has played into my financial situation of like just trying to buy stuff and do stuff to feel better and how that didn't help me um, at all <laughs> because I'm in a pretty bad situation now. Um, and how like 2019 has been has been rough. 2019 has been my worst year financially. Um, if I'm being real honest with you guys, there's been more than one time that my, and maybe I shouldn't even talk about this, but like, whatever, like it is what it is. And maybe it'll help somebody else that my account has been so low that when I've gotten paid, it hasn't even made a difference. Um, and so it just makes things more difficult. And I think that the mistake, the financial mistakes that I've made 10 years ago and nine years ago kind of made a habit and like set the tone for like the place and space that I'm in now. And so I guess one of my goals for 2020 is to get out of this space because I have so many things that I want to do and like things that I am doing, which I feel like I can't even really appreciate in the way that I want to. Because I'm still drowning in debt. Um, I did a whole episode about like debt stuff with my friend Maya and like savings and stuff. And I like started that journey, but quickly failed at it because I wasn't being honest. Um, One of the hard parts of this is like, really looking at all of the debt that I have accumulated over the years and like I including student loan debt I went to NYU for grad school which is a very expensive school I owe a lot of money and I think that I've always felt like I'm gonna win the lottery though I don't play I'm going to win the lottery or somebody's going to just give me a million dollars to make it all go away. And that's not real life. And I think the longer that I think that way, the worse things are getting. So it's now time for me to not think that way because, again, there are things that I want to do next year, like real big things that will not happen unless I like become serious about finances. And like that whole, the whole discussion about finances makes me want to throw up because it makes me very uncomfortable. Um, my, like my parents weren't good with money. Like my parents have filed for bankruptcy. Actually, it all like became settled a few days before my mom, I mean, my dad died and my mom felt like financial stress was maybe the thing that gave my dad a heart attack. Um... And so I worry about that for myself, too. 
because money does become a real stressor in my life. But um, they never taught me, like, I always got an allowance. I always had money as a kid, but no one ever told me, like, spending and saving. And so once I learned how to spend money, all I learned was how to spend money. Like, you gave me $20, I could blow $20 in five minutes. Give me, just give me five minutes and that's gone. Um, Or, like, I remember having a savings. Like, my dad would, like, save coins and put it in the savings. But then when I went to college, and I had, like, savings bonds, like, but when I went to college and it was like, I need to buy books, those were the things that we used to buy me books. So, like, they didn't prepare. And, like, no, I don't, I don't blame them. But, like, they didn't prepare for that stuff. So I cashed out all of my savings bonds to, like, buy books and survive my freshman year of college because they didn't want me to work. And it's just, like, it was, like, this, like, never-ending, like, you just, like, I just, like, always, always struggling. And I just, like, wish that they would have taught me more. But also, like, whatever, I'm an adult, I'm 35 years old. Like, I should know how to fucking be more responsible with my money. Uh, but I guess the first step of this is, is, is acknowledging that it's a problem and that is where I am now. So I was doing some research, um, about like depression and finances and I found this website and I, you know, I don't know how scientific it is, I guess. But one of the things it found, uh, it was like an article on the emotional effects of debt and, some of the symptoms of debt denial, which I think I have, are underestimating how much you owe, not answering your phone when you suspect a collection agency is calling, leaving bills unopened or just stuffing them in a drawer. And like pause on that is like one of my greatest causes of anxiety is mail. Like any mail that isn't a card or like something, a bill, like it it brings me great great stress um or even telling yourself that everyone else is in the same situation so I think even like that is like a part of of where I would be is like well everybody has debt and everyone has struggling with money but then like not everyone is struggling as bad as you Joy so what are you gonna do different and I think that that is my goal for 2019 um, 2020 well it's starting in 2019 but in 2020 is like to how to get to see all of the great things that I'm that I'm doing in life how do I see the impact on people in my community and but also like how am I how is it helping me in my life selfishly but also like I gotta live and what I'm doing now is not living. It, like, it's a struggle. So I share all of this because if you've ever been broke, <laughs> it does impact your mental health, I think, because all you're doing is worrying wor- worrying and stressing, and you're probably in fear And you might even be angry or depressed about your financial situation. So it can be fucking with you. So let's, let's, let's stop that. 
And if you're like, ooh, child, you was in a bad situation and I ain't never been there, good for you. And I hope that you never have to be. And I hope that you continue to manage your money well. And maybe send me some tips if you have some, other than, like, pay bills, like, working on it. Um, So, yeah. This is one of those episodes that I'm like, am I going to post this? Because that was just, like, a lot of very personal information. Um, But I hope that it puts me in a better place so that I can have a different story to tell later because I want like a family and I'm like you can't be nobody's wife swimming in debt like that's not cool you also can't be anybody's parent and you can't feed them because you don't have money that's a case so get your life together girl so I'm getting my life together so yeah Yeah, I don't, (laughs) I feel like there was like other things I had to say, but I probably should have said them before because now I'm like, I just want to end this um, because I'm uncomfortable. So yeah, my takeaway would be think about all of the decisions that you're making in life. And I get, you know, I get the whole treat yourself mentality. But sometimes you have to think about not or the impact of how treating yourself is going to affect you years down the line. I guess my also, I would also say be honest with yourself. You are only hurting yourself more by lying to yourself about the things that are really going on in your life. Um, yeah, I don't want to feel embarrassed and depressed about money anymore. And so I vow to not, and it's going to be hard and I'll probably not be in these streets no more. Because the streets are expensive. So, yeah. But that's all. Thank you for listening. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy Hanukkah. Happy New Year. And I will talk to you in 2020. I guess the last thing. and I, The last thing is... Uh, in the link of, in the description of this episode, I've decided that, you know, where I really enjoy having guests and talking to people, I meet a lot of people and I go, you should be on my podcast. Or they ask me to be on a podcast and I do a terrible job at following up. I'm going to just be real honest. Um, so I've created a Google form. I think that's what it's called. That'll be attached and I'll put it in my link in my bio on Instagram, which also, maybe I wasn't clear, but I'm going to change my lane from lying to school's rule. I think it's going to be the joy of social work. So look for me if you don't follow me. Um, because my Instagram is washed. Like, I don't do shit, really, that I post about. Like, my Instagram is pretty mental healthy or, like, joy-based. And, like, I'm not 
be obviously I tell people on my podcast about my life so you can watch it through my Instagram if you choose to or not. That's also okay. Um, but anyway, so there'll be a link to the Google form to fill out if you would like to be a guest on Enjoy Your Social Work Podcast. There are a few questions that I ask, and then I will follow up if you fill it out. So thank you for listening and supporting, and be kind, <laughs> because that was not easy to talk about. Talking about people dying is easy. Talking about being in debt is hard. Um, and not that you owe me any grace, but that was probably one of the more challenging topics that I've had to talk about. So again, thank you. And I appreciate you and talk to you in 2020. Say no.